Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Tales podcast, the show where we talk about Texas history and enjoy ourselves a cocktail or two. I'm Ryan. And this is Tracy. Why don't you pour yourself a drink and join us for what we're sure will be a stimulating, partially factual Tales About Texas. for you i i know what i would do in 1830 for a profession what would be the profession you chose what would you do in the 1830s you're gonna think i'm crazy i think i'd want to like a ferry people across a river that would be one thing (laughs) Wait, like own the ferry or actually be the guy that just ferries people across the river? I think I'd do both. Like oh, I, I'd want to like you would own it and you would collect and, the money. Yeah, I then... don't think like you own the ferry and you don't also work the ferry. Okay. I, I just figured you'd And own... by the way, a ferry in my mind is not something sexy. <laughs> it's I like think a barge. it's like a bunch of logs tied together yeah. and there's a rope I and don't I'm think pulling that's crazy. people across. That wasn't at all what I thought you were going to say, but that's... Well, there's a lot of things I could say, but... And this is going to sound really stupid to most. But... And I'm, by the way, I don't think the ferry people thought this when they were doing it. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, how many people am I going to see coming through here? And, like, where are they going? Oh, yeah. You're going to have stories for days, bro. Like, who are you? Oh, right. where, are you where are you going? In 1830? Like, I'm going to go help settle Texas. I'm going to go do this. Like... That's that would be amazing. So especially back then, right? Because it's a choke point. I mean, in the last episode we said pirates, but I was trying to think like I'm not sure that privateers or pirates actually were in the 1830s. I think they probably were done by then. It was later. Yeah. So I'm going with ferry, ferry operator, and owner. I think that's a pretty solid answer. Okay, (laughs) I'm sticking with it. I'm impressed. I at no at no point did I think that That was was what you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I just figured you'd be like a saloon owner. Yeah, I thought a saloon owner. Honestly, that was like the, that, <laughs> that was, was my second. That option. was honestly the one that I thought saloon you were going with. Billiards, and I, I just kind of, for, I just thought it was a forgot, foregone conclusion that you were going to be a saloon. Okay, I have to ask you then. What would you be? Riverboat captain. Oh, Johnny <laughs> so, Riverboat. So not, so not far off, but uh, yeah, riverboat captain. Well, yeah, I'm just going back and forth from bank to bank. You're yeah. like going long distance. I'm going up, man. The only thing is, I don't know, like in Texas, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of that. And I, I, so I came across this, I came across this article. I know very little about this and I'm curious to know if, if you've heard of this before, but have you heard of the Cayuga, which is, it's a small river steamer, uh, that basically took part of the Texas revolution. Have you heard of this story? I have not. Dude. Okay. So it, it, it sounds pretty crazy. So the Cayuga basically was a, it's a small riverboat steamer that was uh, built in 1832 up in Pennsylvania. It found its way down to Texas and was on the Brazos River. So it essentially would go from the Gulf and it went, it said, basically as far up as Washington. Washington the Brazos. On the Brazos. Yeah. Right. And then it would basically just go back and forth on there. Have you been to Washington the Brazos? 
I've driven past it. I've driven past the oh. sign that says like the birthplace of Texas, but and I've never actually gone to Washington on the Brazos. Okay, so before you go on the story, you and I go that way a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you were there today. I did. Or you attempted to. It was bumper to bumper traffic. I turned around. And I was like, nope. You look. You go over the bridge. It's the Brazos. And it's muddy and shallow. It's not. Right. I don't want to be a riverboat captain on that. You are. <laughs> I was thinking more like the Mississippi. No. But it doesn't help my story here. In Texas, there is no Mississippi. <laughs> right. It's the Brazos and rivers. Yeah, it's like not that. attractive. Well, it's just, I think it's perilous. Yeah. I just think it's perilous. I mean, you got to think Washington, the Brazos was like the capital. So my point was, if you go to Washington, the Brazos, it's pretty interesting because it just, the like they have the street kind of recreated a little bit. Yeah, they show you where stuff was. It's uh-huh. not like they've got buildings and stuff. But it drops off onto the Brazos. So you can see like that's where the ship docked. That's it. That's it. It's just a dirt road down to this thing. Don't they still have like the original building? Like where like the they convention They have the original was? convention building. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know if it's original. But well, it's a recreation. It's, it's a recreation of it. Um, it's pretty cool. And then, yeah, and it's right there. And then it's the street. But uh, I can imagine what you're talking about because that's... That's that. Well, so isn't it funny that, I mean, it literally just went there and back. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, that's that's what it did. And um, it it wasn't, like, commissioned by the state of Texas originally. It was just uh, a couple of guys that purchased the boat, and they had businesses. Looking to make some money. Looking to make some money, right? So uh, they used the boat to, to um, ferry supplies and stuff like that to towns and nothing major. Um, but at the time, it was the only steamboat, like it was the only uh, riverboat in the state of Texas. Is that right? Yeah, it was. It was only one of a kind in the state. Lo and behold, a few years later, and the Texas Revolution breaks out, and the uh, the New Republic or the the delegates at the time basically commissioned this riverboat to help in the war effort. So now it's a vital piece of Texas history. So now this riverboat is responsible for uh, carrying supplies and people up and down um, the Brazos uh, to escape the Mexican army. Yeah. So it, it, it plays a part in the runaway scrape. It's keeping people, um, I mean, it's just keeping people safe. It's, okay. So you have to explain this boat to me because I can't grasp it. And yeah. I don't, I can't even imagine what it would look like. I'm, I'm ridiculous. I'm thinking this is a riverboat gambling scenario I wish where it's it was. got a big paddle on the back and people are like hanging off with their drinks and like I wish like, it was uh, Mel Gibson so, in that. have you seen that movie the, the Maverick or whatever it was where he was yes, a riverboat captain and yes. he was, is that not what we're talking about I mean no but that's honestly what I kind of pictured my life as in 1832 <laughs> sad to say no this so this boat is not that okay. it's not sexy at all it is um Roughly 96 feet long and about 18 feet wide and about five feet deep. Okay. So it's a single level ship. Um, it's got two big old um, paddles on either, or one paddle on either side. Okay. And then it's got uh, two uh, big like smokestacks, two boilers oh, coming it. up from the middle, right? Okay. And then it's got like one, what they call a 
like the captain's corner, mm-hmm. right? It's so like one almost room essentially where the captain, I guess, would rest or sleep or whatever, do his thing. Uh, and that was it. I mean, it wasn't anything sexy. It was just a kind of serviceable paddle boat. So it was a paddle boat, and, and early it would carry goods back and forth. Yeah, from it was major used for business purposes, okay. right? It was yep. used for business purposes. Um, but then when the war broke out, it was commissioned by these delegates, by the Republic, uh, to help carry supplies for the war effort. And then also, as the Mexican army started to uh, invade Texas, mm-hmm. and it started to kind of come up and in, in these, these skirmishes were breaking out and the run- runaway scrape took place, then uh, it essentially would bring people on board and get them out of out of Dodge, out of town, oh, wow. beforehand, and ferry them further down river, or whatever the case was, so that they, you know, could get get away from the, yeah. the army. Um, super amazing. I yeah. mean, that to me, I never knew that was even a thing. I didn't know that it existed. I didn't know that this was happening. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. So it was the only one. The only one, and it wasn't even it wasn't part of like it wasn't originally thought. There was no plan for this ahead of time. It I was wonder, just there. Did the did the state of Texas actually commission it at some point? Like, did they take ownership and say we're using it for this, or we're going to pay you guys for these services to do this? I it, so from from my understanding, I don't know if they paid the guys to do this or not. Right. I'm assuming maybe they did, but it wasn't like it was indoctrinated. It was a, ser- it was a service you're going to provide. They basically brought it under. Uh, they purchased it after the war. Okay. But it wasn't like during the war, is from my understanding. Uh, but then they only had it for a couple of years, and then it was sold off again, and then nobody knows what happened to it. Wait, this thing This just thing that disappeared. was a, it was an integral part of Texas history. It was the first history. ever, yes. and it just disappeared. And it ferried people. Like it helped people get away from the runaway scrape. It was the floating um, capital for Texas oh. for like a month. So during the whole Battle of San Jacinto, the delegates, like the government of the Republic of Texas was on board this ship. I think I knew that, like a Galveston or somewhere like yeah, that, right? Just, yeah, just off the coast um, while like the Battle of San Jacinto and all was, was going on. Yep. Uh, and it served as like the, the headquarters for Texas for like a month. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. I never knew this took place. I didn't know this was a thing. And and that to me is such a a unique and fascinating part of Texas history, um, and that, it's just lost. Yeah. Like, there's not even like an idea. Like oh, people aren't even like, well, we think it kind of went here or went there. Like it's literally around for another four years, sold off, and then gone. You know, it just sank somewhere like unceremoniously. But how cool would it be to like find that? Yeah. Be like, hey, we're gonna go look for this. Like, let's go find it at the bottom of. I don't know, the Brazos or wherever it was. So you and I were talking about this the other day. Y'all are going to think we're freaks because we're talking about stuff like this. But that's what we're doing here. <laughs> is uh, I was telling you the other day, like after San Jacinto, and I'm, I'm not going to get my story straight because I'm not in the right frame of mind to think about this right now, but they actually, the command, uh, Sam Houston sent men down to Galveston to tell the floating delegates, which I'm assuming... That's what it was. I'm trying to bring these stories together. That's absolutely what it was. Because I'm thinking what it was. And said, listen, we won. Don't leave. Because what they were doing was they were sitting in Galveston waiting for good winds and good tide because they were going to float and leave 
and go to New Orleans to escape the Mexican army. And, well, they, and they were saying, and so he sent these men down and men being like very high ups in Texas at that time to say, hey, don't leave. We won. We won. Don't go anywhere. We've got work to do here. And yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that was based on this story. Yeah. It sounds like it was the Cayuga that they were on. They were on board the Cayuga. And they didn't believe the men. They were like, oh, you're not telling us the truth. We didn't win. There's surely, no way we would have won. Surely. Surely, we, surely didn't. we didn't win. <laughs> Listen, we entered this whole thing thinking it was a long shot anyways. <laughs> yeah, like, they basically were like, you're liars. And they had to like send other men out to like uh, to verify the story. Yeah. Nope. She, you're right. So she was in Galveston Bay is what the story says. Now... Uh, like I said, I, I don't know much about this story. I literally came across it today and was like, we've got to do this because it's such a cool story. It is a very cool story. Um, if you guys want to wanna search it and, and do your own research, I, I, I think you absolutely should because it's so, u- so unique. Yeah. And I would absolutely love to go search for this, for Cayuga. For this Cayuga thing. Like, I... It's a vital piece of history for the state of Texas. And I've never heard of it. One, two, people don't even seem too concerned by the fact that it just disappeared like literally four years later. Like in its um, last mention of the little steamer was a Liberty County sheriff. It was a sheriff's sale in 1839 that advertised the title of the boat. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that seems like a shame. And it, I mean, that's literally the end of the story. Like, I mean, come on. It, I'm assuming was a perfectly good boat still. Like, it had to be doing something. Even if, if it wasn't as glorious as the independence of Texas, it should have been doing, like, moving supplies and, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's a very interesting. I wanted to really understand what it looked like. It's a very, like, it's close to the water. Yeah. Um, and you're dead on. It's got this, like, flat captain's quarter. It's really, it's like, it looks like it's just a couple feet above the water. I feel like you're just moving stuff. Yeah, right. I think that's what it was. You're I not think entertaining. It was, it's not entertaining. This is this boat was there, and I'm sure most of the stuff was below. So I wouldn't be actually the riverboat captain of this boat. No, is what we're you saying. want the one I, I was want to be about entertaining. The big paddle on yeah, the back I'm of it. Mel Gibson, and I'm doing like <laughs> casinos in the back of my riverboat. But you know what? Like if you think about this, I think riverboats became so riverboats had a place for a period of time. The challenge with Texas rivers are they're very shallow. Yeah, and so. Um, uh, I think you have a couple things. They're very shallow. So the river boats are seasonal. Mm. So you can only operate them in certain months of the year because you know as well as I do that Brazos River, when it's summertime, it is, it's, it's down. It's down. Yeah. Like there's times mm-hmm. when you can't go up it. Um, think about having to coordinate taking cotton and mercantile goods and stuff. I'm making that up and provisions. Well, it sounds like it's to Washington exactly on the Brazos. But it's only seasonal by time, by nature. Yeah. So the other times they're having to come over land. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it was probably, um, and I do believe that the Cayuga was the first of many. I think that there were plenty of river boats that actually went up and, and serviced that. Yeah. Because you couldn't really think about it. Washington on the Brazos is not that far from the coast if you look at it. Like I mean, it's it's in there. It's it's up a it's ways. Up there, yeah. But you're not like getting to Dallas. 
No, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. folks in Dallas, that didn't even exist at this point. Right. Like that's that's You're in, on your own. That's engine territory. <laughs> right? You're on your own. So you're not going up a river getting up there. Right. So you're focusing kind of on those coastal towns and those areas that are that are, that are reachable. To me it makes sense that you would have boats like this to ferry goods up and down the rivers. You have the ability like you literally have the rivers, they're wide enough. To your point, it might be seasonal. But isn't it amazing that this was the first one and it literally was there for four years and gone? Like, that's amazing. Okay, my next question is going to totally stump you and I yeah. don't know the answer to it. No. So I'm not going to say like this. It's just going <laughs> to, it's, it's more to make an awkward conversation. That boat that I'm looking at right now, I'm showing a picture of Ryan, the actual Cayuga boat. It, and you can literally Google like, the Cayuga steamship. You think it's like 60 feet long? It said 80 feet. 80 feet. Okay, so it's 80 feet long. That boat goes up to Washington on the Brazos. Does it go backwards down oh, the river? You get yourself a, It's not turning around. You get yourself a qualified riverboat captain. You're not he's turning gonna, that thing around he's in the gonna, middle of the of He's going to do a 20-point turn, <laughs> and he's going to head on back down. I brother. think that thing is an up-and-back type of no, vessel. What, are you going to go and reverse the whole way Yeah, back? I think they do. No. You've got to research this. There is no way. Just stick to your ferry crossing, okay? <laughs> There's no boat. That's going to go 80 miles in reverse. I'm telling you, that thing is not, that thing is not turning around in the Well, browsers. I don't know that there's a lot of 80-foot areas that you could do a turnaround. But I promise you, you get a qualified riverboat captain, I would have been one of them. And you could do 20-point turns, and you can get yourself back down the coast. It's, what is the alternative? I think it's going backwards. It's not called backwards. Now. There's no <laughs> way. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I can't imagine. Are you thinking like the back end of it is the same shape as the front? And yeah. it's just. Yeah. And I think those little uh, wheels turn opposite directions. Yeah, maybe. The back's the front. The front is the back. Well, listen. Look I, it up. Yeah. Look it up, I, people. That would be interesting to know. Um I would be flipping that thing around no problem and, and getting back to the coast. Well, and you know that thing too. Like it doesn't steer well. So you're going with the top. I mean, if that water's flowing, you're getting you're getting kind of cr- the turning radius it's on it not, for sure. Is no, not, no, no, no. Yeah. Like you are bank to bank. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, it looks cumbersome. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, it's just amazing to me, man. Like the times that this boat again was made in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania found its way to Texas yep. and it it served a purpose. And not only did it serve a purpose, but it saved lives. And it saved numerous, I mean, literally went from town to town and people would flee during the runaway scrape, which we, we're going to do an episode on. Yeah. Um, but essentially, as the Mexican army was tearing through the Texas countryside and burning exterminating villages, towns. exterminating Texans, yeah. exterminating Texans, um, this boat served as a literal life raft and would get people the hell out of Dodge like while it. they could, yeah, right? And that's a, that is a integral part of that story that I've never heard before in my life. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. And they're having people go below deck. I mean, imagine you're like fleeing, you're leaving your houses at a moment's notice. Like Dude. stuff is still being cooked. 
you're just getting the heck out. Like right. you're grabbing whatever, and then they're forcing you down in this boat, and you're going to be down below. And have you and ever been on a boat? Probably people up top, and it's probably it, what a. Have you been experience. on a boat before? If you're, I mean, unless you're just you just came over, right? Like, dude, I'm puking. Dude, I'm throwing up. You're, I don't want to be in that little, and I'm claustrophobic. What a crazy, crazy experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good story. But man. you're super thankful for the Cayuga. <laughs> it's a cool name. And then it just disappears forever. And then it literally disappears. Like there's no like, and nobody even cares. All right, hundred bucks to the first person that finds the Cayuga. Please, and honestly, invite me to the like. If you're going looking for it, invite me. I want to go. <laughs> you're gonna be there. That would be amazing. You're gonna be there. That'd be so cool. It's a cool story. Awesome. All right, friends, that's going to do it for this episode of the Texas Tales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to keep up with us outside of the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at TXTalesPodcast, or you can visit our online store at www.independencetrailretail.com for all things Texas swag. I'm Ryan, and that's Tracy. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.